0: Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. We are talking about therapy, interior design, uh, how to make your home feel good. And it sounds you know like we might have a couple of different things. It's all going to be brought together by my guest, uh, Anita Yakota. And before I bring Anita on, I'm really excited to have this conversation. I just moved a few months ago and trying to make my space feel good and also, uh, have my kids feel settled. So this would be a really great conversation. Um, and Anita is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and she's turned into an interior designer and she has, um, a selling book. She's the author of home therapy. Uh, she believes design and wellness go hand in hand in our homes. Uh, Domino named, uh, Anita's site, the best new design blog in 2017. And Anita's work has been featured on GMA three, my domain, apartment therapy, real simple, Oprah daily, and many others. Uh, Anita lives in Southern California with her husband, their three daughters and their dogs, Teddy and tater tot. Although, uh, Anita calls him Tate because she, uh, Lost the family name vote. (laughs) So uh, please welcome Anita Yakoto to the podcast. Hi, Anita. Hi,
1: Heather. So nice to be here.
0: Absolutely. I'm so excited to dive into this. I think it's uh, one of those things that have become very a hot topic, especially with social media and looking perfect and like Instagram worthy. Um, I, for one, have a lot of anxiety around like clutter. And I have helped uh, many with um, practical, simple solutions on how to, you know, maintain systems to help make your, you know, house function, children function, take stress away. So uh, I'm sure you'll have some more tidbits to add. But before we do, I'm going to jump in with uh, Icebreaker, which is what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? So
1: my favorite cookie is a snickerdoodle. When I was I think I want to say eight um i I grew up in an immigrant home so I am um, Chinese American I was born here, born and raised in Seattle, Washington, but my parents obviously were first generation and you know I saw my kid uh, my the kids in the neighborhood or my friends from school and they had home baked cookie cookies and I was so like I just admired that so much. And I don't know if you have daughters, but I have three daughters, and they just love to bake. It's something that is a great connection. So I thought at eight, nine years old, I would make my first cookie recipe. Um, It was snickerdoodle, which I really love, but there was really not much guidance, right? So I, (laughs) uh, the joke in the family is that I'm very resourceful. I couldn't find a cookie sheet pan because we mainly cooked Asian food. So we, I took a Tupperware lid that was larger, yep. and I put the cookie, you know, the dough, and I, did, and I was so proud of myself. And my mom was like, you know, they were in the kitchen and they were busy something, and my dad and my mom are like, what is? There's like this burning smell. It smells like plastic. And my sister's like, my little sister at the time was six. She's like, oh yeah, Anita's making cookies, and they're like, you know, and we burned and it, it was it not <laughs> melted. It was just right. You know, I had to just put it in, but that I have a very, um, big core memory of the snickerdoodle cookie. And that continued to be my favorite cookie, um, because of that memory, you know, of me trying to be in- independent, acculturate, but also I just love the taste.
0: That's so funny. Um, yes, I do have a daughter. I have three. Um, my oldest is nine. My middle child's a daughter who's eight. And then I have a son who's six. So I'm a boys and a girl. My youngest son, who's six, is my helper in the kitchen. Like he sees me cooking or making something. He's always wanting to help or do. The other two kind of look at it and kind of want to help because they see him. But he's always just loved helping me make pizzas or stir things. He's always the one asking to like bake things. Uh, so I think he's got that bug. Um, That's amazing. So uh, my daughter and my other, my oldest are usually like just wanting to eat it or, you know, yeah, like spoon or something. So it's fun. Super fun. Um, And I try to make it to where like my kitchen, I try to make very kid friendly. So I have like a In this one, I have a whole station underneath that has like plastic cups, plastic plates and bowls so they know where to go and it's low. And then in my pantry, I've got just the snacks that are out that they can take whenever uh, right at like eye level. Um, So I try to make it as practical as possible. So they know where to go and it's like a little station. Um, So he knows where to, to grab everything. So Tell us a little bit about how you became a you were a therapist and now you're in interior design. I know that there's like feng shui and things that are more, you know, ritualistic and spiritual and helps with energy, but um for some reason I feel like that's not what this is about. It's more of how calming a house could feel maybe. So how did you get into that? Um I definitely am
1: very into high energy and and um just the general in general the energy into our home. So when I was a intern as a marriage and family therapist, I would do lots and lots of home visits and from different backgrounds di- different demographics, my assignment uh, location was you know, Compton all the way up to Malibu. I live in South- Southern California and LA and um so I had the chance and the opportunity to step into a home and one of the first things they do to teach you about therapy is observing the emotional climate in the home. Mm. And part of that emotional climate, as you you know, with um, teaching your listeners is uh, the, the, you know, is it a hot temperature right now? Is it a low temperature and, or everything in between? Um, are there lots of shoes and bags and Jackets just thrown on the floor right when I come in, or is it super tidy where it feels sterile, you know, cause oh. it always can go the opposite. Um, believe it or not, there's, there's homes that feel very, very cold and organized, but there's no energy, right? There's no warmth. So unbeknownst to myself, I was doing home therapy already because a lot of times the relational conflicts happened in certain rooms. It happened because of uh, certain um, situations at home that maybe provoke more conflict. Uh, Something as common as two partners having a tiny bathroom with one sink and just waking up grumpy to each other um, to ADHD children who need or who are either overstimulated or understimulated. Like I just was exposed to so much um, of how human beings live in homes that maybe aren't functioning to that optimal energy level. So I think the point for me that's kind of different as far as Feng Shui and things like that. Of course, I'm Chinese American, so I have that background. Uh, yeah. But I come from a more of like cognitive behavioral science kind of point of view, where it's like, yeah, there is research of our blood pressure shooting up. You know, just looking at the site of clutter or our serotonin levels, our dopamine levels, you know, how do we find those hits in our home? How do we create those spaces? So from me transitioning from therapy to interior design, looking back was not a big stretch. Um, as a mom, the big pivotal point was after I had my third baby and i knew i couldn't go back into the office my emotional plate was full i had two i had a preschooler a toddler and then a baby and i i just knew my emotional plate was full so my sister just suggested well you're you know you love interior design you're you're that go-to friend that everybody asks for paint colors and furniture and where the best home goods is and so i just started pivoting and pursuing my passion in that realm, still wanting to help people, but just kind of pivoting it to a different, um, environment.
0: So that's yeah, kind of how I did it. I can totally see that. Um, when I move it, the going, the joke around my family is like, it'll take you like no time at all. Um, I think it took me about two weeks. The last time I moved to like, you look like I was there for two years. My mom actually just recently told, I think it was a friend of hers that we were all like around. And she's like, it actually took you longer to get into this house than I thought you would. And I think I was out. I didn't have any boxes after day six. Wow. That's very impressive. And I'm by myself with three kids. And I moved from a 4,400 square foot home to a 2,800 square foot home. So there were just I mean, it was everywhere, boxes everywhere. It took me a little longer to do my bedroom because I wanted to get the kids done first because I feel like they need to feel like their new space was theirs. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was a little bit more further behind and there were some delays with some of the like furniture and stuff. But uh, I was shocked to hear her say that because I've been here, uh, oh, May, June. This will be my fourth month. At the end of this month, I'll be here four months. And there you- there's nothing else for me to do. Maybe a couple of things like projects or spruce something up, but <clears throat> literally unless I wanted to paint, it's done. And so I was pretty shocked to hear that it took that long. I'm like, really? Okay. I mean, I am you know, by myself. I didn't have help to help me unpack <clears throat> too, too much. So, I mean, my TVs were hung up like the second day. Oh, so, wow. you know, luckily, I mean, I have those resources, but I think for me, looking at boxes and looking at clutter really, I think it also caused me to go into labor early, like two times ago when I was pregnant with my daughter, I couldn't look at the boxes you're nesting at the end of your pregnancy. So it just exacerbates it. And if I put the boxes in a closet, I was fine. But if I saw them, I was like, I can't, I can't stare at them. I just need to get rid of them. Right. So I think your threshold is.
1: Uh, you know, it's just very anxiety producing for the most of us. And um, so that's why it's so important to be just even just more aware. I encourage your listeners, um, the clients that I work with, that if you can just put on your little detective hat and just kind of go through the house and start being more aware of what feelings, what, you know, thoughts are evoked while you walk through the home, or maybe it's just one space, um, not going through the whole home and just really being more aware of like your emotional reaction, your physical sense of the space. And that's a great start into reducing that anxiety or depression or malaise about how to organize your home or how to beautify it.
0: So is there any type of essential things that we should have in our space? Like I, I hope that when people walk into my house, I don't like clutter either. Um, I try to keep it to where I don't look like I have kids, but you know, I have kids because I have a lot of functional storage. Mm -hmm. So you, I mean, there's pictures and stuff, but um, I like to have like pictures and um, I'm a big picture fan. So I think that having, bringing that in, but um, my countertop is cleaned off. I try before, like I go to bed and no dishes in the sink if I can help it. So that's just kind of one of my things, but is there something that every room should have that can feel or help? So what I really like
1: to encourage everyone to do, especially busy moms is instead of focusing on the external things of how we can fix it or clean it or organize it first, kind of just get a check-in with yourself internally because every space will require or will, um, elicit different needs, right. Or, and, and to me the most important part, because I'm a therapist, are the relationships that live in the spaces. Um, so rather than focus on what we need to set up, set ourselves up for success, which is really important, the what and you will get there, but the first step is more of like, oh, you know, the five of us, we have a really tiny family room, just to give an example. And for years and years, it was the baby swing, the playpen, the, and, and no matter how many functional organized bins and baskets, it just was like Fisher Price land, right? Like you just, and the minute I know mo- young moms experience this a lot. It's like literally the minute you put something in the basket, the toddler or the preschooler or the baby takes it right out, like literally milliseconds. So it can be very overwhelming. So I love just encouraging everyone to first have a little emotional check-in. You know, how do I feel? How do I feel about the relationships um, that live in this space? I feel frustrated. I feel happy and I want to make it even happier, or I feel disconnected. I feel anxious. So be going beyond happy, sad, you know, anxious, kind of trying to narrow down your emotions in that space, and then that's going to inform you how to almost customize that space for you. Of course, there's general things like I am a big proponent, like you said, about baskets and bins that look pretty. I'm a big proponent of aromatherapy. So those air diffusers really inciting our um, olfactory system because when our nose speaks to our brain and likes the smell, our brain has these like dopamine hits and serotonin hits where it like, you know, we don't really necessarily need anything else except that brain chemistry working for us. So giving ourselves grace that today might just be a messier day. Mm -hmm. And what can I do in a more bite-sized action, you know, and it might not be the sinks might just have to live in the the dishes might have to live in the sink for today or tomorrow. like giving ourselves a lot of grace because i i'm I'm very impressed with how you've moved into um a house with three kids by yourself. I'm like while you're describing it, I was like, did she sleep? Like I'm just <laughs> dying to know your system um because i i I definitely have that urge when I move. I, 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 am the same as you, but, um, I've learned that it's, I, I've had to do therapy on myself to go, okay, it's just going to be a little messier today and that's okay.
0: So my tactic approach is I pack or organize first. I try, well, I try towards the end when I'm packing a whole house by myself, because I've always had some sort of help, but, you know, I've had to make adjustments now that I'm single mom and, uh, the help just wasn't <clears throat> accessible. And I didn't have a spouse to like pack my crap up with me. Um, I organized it before I packed it. So then when I unpack, it's like, you know, all the crayons and things like all the loose stuff that, you know, you're going to want to put in bins later. I tried to get that organization system and know, it, you know, cause you have a sense of where you're going to yeah, put it. Super smart you can move it around when you get into the space because you never really know how you're going to feel when you get into it and you live in it. But um, I pack it and organize it before I pack it in the box. So then when I'm taking it out, it's like, okay, it's already organized. It's already in my storage. I just need to know where I'm going to put, what closet, where this, where that. And that's kind of how I can unpack quickly. You know, the the kitchen stuff, like I put all one thing. It's like, okay, all wine glasses are going to go right here. And I purged a lot of things, but then towards the end, I noticed I was just packing. Cause I was just done. Um, it was a big house and a lot of boxes and I ended up trashing more than I think I kept anyway, when I got here, but I just was very methodical with how I packed it because then you can just unpack it and you don't have to sift through it. Cause that's really overwhelming in itself. Like you're unpacking, you just want to get rid of the boxes and you're like, where do I put it? So like vacuum sealing everything before, and then like, okay, that's going to in the attic. And I also had stickers, like, um, color-coded stickers and words, and they were on the boxes. And then I took plates and put the, the, the sticker on the plate and taped them on every room. So that way the movers knew where to take them and they didn't have to ask. They just looked. So at least I didn't have to move a lot of things around when things ha- like go upstairs to downstairs kind of thing. So I was very methodical before. I think that's great. It's one
1: thing. I was always that mom that left a, you know, a binky, a burp towel, a, a, you know, a bottle or something at all my mommy friends' house. And after the third kid, I'm like, oh, pre-planning is really important. And so with the third kid, I'm like, okay, get the, you know, the night before, before a play date or whatever, wherever we're going to travel, like have your bag ready, And so I love your idea because again, you're pre-planning, which really, I think is the key to success to almost every, anything and everything is, you know, whether it's meal prep or, but it's really, for me, the emotional part of getting there, Mm -hmm. right? That that's the part is, um, some personalities that I admire, like yourself, you, you just like you get it done. Um, but then there's other personalities that get overwhelmed easier. Um, you know, like analysis paralysis. Yeah, And so that's where, to me, it's really important to see your home as a work in progress um, and giving yourself and your home the grace to kind of just move through and evolve. I know when we moved into our current house, which is like 14 years ago, I didn't hang up a piece of artwork for a long time because I felt like this is finally our we're we were probably gonna be in this home for a while. Yeah. And I just got commitment phobic. And but seven yeah. years in, I'm like, oh, forget it. And I just like nailed everything on and it was very liberating. But you kind of have to give yourself grace to get there. And that's another thing that I really love sharing is, you know, you mentioned social media, just getting all those ideas out of our head. There's no design rules. Of course, there's some that make sense. So keep doing that. Like The rule of three, right? We all know three pillows on a couch looks better than four. Things like that. But, you know, make your home, just make and live in your home where it it energetically feels safe and it feels good. And so what if you use orange paint in the laundry room and they say orange is overstimulating, but it makes you happy. And if it gets you to do laundry, then do it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly. And when it, so for me, when I didn't have anything on the walls, like my office, I think I, my mother was like, "Every time I come in here, your office is different." I said, "I can't choose because it's so much smaller than what I was used to." There's not the windows are above, and so I'm coming from a different space than what I was used to. And it's like I want it functional. I want to. I, I live in it all day, and I want to make sure that I feel good. And I still have a hard time sitting in it because I, I feel it's a little bit more closed in but I get more work done because I'm more focused in here. But like, I didn't have anything on the walls. And that was actually really driving me insane because I don't feel like it's lived in. It is very sterile and I have a really hard time with that. And so getting something on the walls was very important. And I know you're supposed to like commit or this or that. And I went from a very large space, lots of big walls to things that I'm like, that won't even fit on a wall. I like it, but where am I going to put it? So I try to make it work but i just wanted to feel comfortable because there's so much anxiety about owning my first home by myself i'm you know now with me and my three kids and now i'm responsible for the thing that makes me anxious is money and all of that financial stuff that yes. is something that i'm practicing organization and making a home is not that's easy so i was more stressed out about like the money and the cost of getting things done or this or that and It's also a shift of what I was in and versus, you know, so it's just an adjustment. So having our stuff, and then I ended up replacing most of the furniture. I brought it in because my kids, I wanted my kids to see familiarity. Like, okay, our stuff is here. It's our house. Um, But I didn't want anything to do with it because it was through my ex-husband. So I gradually, I moved it in and then I ordered things that were more completely different it was very modern where I like were in contemporary and now I'm very like, you know, I guess natural or I don't know that I'm not very interior designer. It's like a lot of natural colors, you know, <clears throat> greens and whatever that is, Um, like not farmhouse, but like modern farmhouse. So I went completely different feel. So I gradually moved the pieces and sold them throughout So they saw it and then was like, oh, but they didn't have a connection to it. And if there was a connection to it, I kept it and figured out a space. So trying to make sure they felt familiar in their home. Yeah, that's that's so,
1: um, you know, I do a lot of gut renovations, but also just um, along the way, when we redo a kitchen or redo bathrooms, a lot of times my clients ask me to, oh, my teenager daughter, she's been wanting to transition from her like, Baby Zara's nursery, you know that we had twelve years ago. Believe it or not, I had that case. I had another case where the middle son, who had ADHD, he had he still had the Baby Zara's um, wallpaper, you know, (laughs) and he was fifteen. He's like, I want a new room. So, you know, to me, designing with kids is so important in developing and growing that connection because it's it's a way to be creative together. It's also a challenge if you have a certain aesthetic and they, you know, they have another kind of aesthetic, Um, but that's what, that's how you can connect and grow with each other. Because when the room finally gets put together, that sense of accomplishment, um, that's why I'm so into DIYs because it's like running that marathon that you thought you never could run. Even if it's just painting a nightstand, if it's something you've never done and you challenge yourself to finish it through there's that, that sense of accomplishment, um, is priceless. So, um, but yeah, so for you, like you're, you know, feeling stressed about finances, that's not necessarily a thing we think about, oh, how do I calm myself down at home? How do you know, this is a, this is finances, but like perhaps looking at how your office can really help you reduce that financial strain and whether it's, um, I have this intention tray that I like to share with everyone that you put a little candle, uh, a journal, and a pen. and when you're working and you start feeling that anxiety creeping up into your neck and your sore muscles around your shoulders, you that's your you know, your alert mode of like, okay, I need to calm down. let's let's see what's on my tray. What's something I can utilize to really, meditate or take a you know three deep breaths that's really all you need to break that mode so even things that we don't think is related to interior design our spaces and how we can work with tools to make us feel more relaxed is really at our fingertips right and so that's what i love sharing um is is these little awareness points at home so that we can just perform therapy on ourselves and hopefully save some money going by going, you know, by not going to therapy.
0: Yeah. Which therapy is good. I think, um, I came from most of my organization came from the situation I was in where, you know, if, you know, a, the size of the pot, like, you, you know, the like the pot, like they just get thrown or Tupperware for instance, and you can't mm-hmm. find the right one instead of, you know, Oh, I can't find it. It would get, Everything would get cleared out and thrown. And so I was like, okay. So I created a system where it's like, now you, there's no more excuse. Now that they're all lined up and they're nice and neat, and everyone's like, wow, it's so organized. I'm like, well, I was kind of forced to because I didn't want this, the drawer thrown at me, yeah. but it makes it easier. But now that I, it's there, it's like, I can't go back because it's now, it's like, oh, it's great. It's practical. It's also maintaining it. You got to keep up with it. Um, so for me, a lot of like when you were saying like the conflicts that are in different households, mine was the kitchen because if there was a sink, it really bugged him. I, you know, sinks always had to be cleared out before, you know, we went to sleep. Or if I didn't wash the dish well enough, then you know, gotta do it again. Very, yeah we're not married anymore. So this, you know, very particular, but that was like the hot spot and anxiety. So when I wanted my own house, I was like I want to make this feel like a a space that can be cuz the kitchen is like the heart mm-hmm. of a home and so you want yes. to feel comfortable in it and um so I wanted to make sure that everything felt warm and fuzzy in the space and around it because I'm trying to get over the anxiety of, well, there's a scratch here or there. Like it's a new house. So I was going around painting, like touch up oh. painting everywhere. And then I'm like, my three kids are going to continue. It's a high traffic area. And so I'm trying to t- change my mindset into as long as it's not damaged. I mean, it's paint, you can paint over scuffs. It's, it's lived in, it's right. lived in, it's I had company over um the last week and I was like, oh God, there's gonna be people and kids everywhere, in my brand new house. Uh And I was like, after everything's said and done, I'm like, well, the forks have now been used and like all the things have been lived in. Yeah. So it's lived in space. So that's what makes a house a home. And so trying to look at those imperfections as like, it's not like it's gonna like cost a fortune to fix. It's fine and mindset too. Absolutely.
1: It's um, so in therapy, it's thoughts, feelings, and actions. Your thoughts influences your feelings. Your feelings will influence your actions. So for you to have that moment of like, oh, well, okay, it's been used. Now we can go on, you know, now it's, it's broken into, it's like, then that made you have a very good feeling or maybe a release And with that release, then you, it, it, it encourages the actions to repeat or to continue. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's just kind of just first starting with awareness and I love your organization tactics because with the awareness and then the organization, it's not one is better than the other, but it's really just hand in hand, you know, instead of either, or it's a, it's an and, and I think as human beings, we always want to have answers that are very like clean and, and the magic bullet. And, um, you know, there's, there's life is really messy, but at the same time, we really need organization to hold us so that we can feel safe and secure. So it's really striking that balance between the two.
0: Absolutely. And so you have a book out And so what can we get from this this book and then um, tell us a little bit more about, it's called Home Therapy, and then where we can find it and what you uh, hope to achieve with it.
1: So I think it's, um, you know, basically what I've already shared today with you and your listeners, Home Therapy was born out of my experience of being a therapist. I was a therapist for a long, long time, helping clients make sense of their story. And then as an interior designer, now I help them tell it through interior design, which is the crux of my book, you know, bringing that awareness of who you are in your home, good, bad, ugly, whatever it is, just being authentic. And so helping people first bring up that awareness and then how to utilize each space to deepen that connection within yourself and the others that you you live in the home with. So even if you're single, single mom or whatever, single person who doesn't have any family or, or kids in the home, this book really helps you use your space in not only a functional and aesthetic way. I have a lot of takeaways and ideas. I, I As a therapist, I loved giving people things to take home because that feeling of like, I talk for an hour and what happened? You know, like I like to give them bite-sized things to work on during the week, same with the book. So you're gonna get lots of design ideas and things like that. But most of all, I just wanted the readers to feel like they were good enough. Like no matter what their home looked like, this book is to give them hope and inspiration to feel calmer and to feel more confident.
0: Oh, I love that. Well, I encourage the listeners to go and pick up a copy. Um, where can we find it and where can we follow you as well and keep up with with you Yeah, um, yeah.
1: so my book is sold wherever books are sold. So online, obviously Amazon, Target, um, and then Barnes & Noble, things like that. A lot of independent bookstores and also Anthropology. I don't know if anybody likes to shop there, but it's also there.
0: Perfect. And do you have any social media? Uh- yeah.
1: So you can find me on Instagram. My handle is um, Anita Yokota and I am on Pinterest. If you need lots of inspiration on Pinterest, I am on there a lot. So, and my blog, of course, AnitaYokota.com.
0: Perfect. And all the links will be in the show notes for the listeners to find. Um, I strongly recommend going to find Anita's book and uh, check out her blog. Uh, and Pinterest, I mean, who doesn't love Pinterest? I get everything from Pinterest. Uh, so I might even chime in cause there's a couple of things I want to work on. So we'll see what, what, he has to bring. And so I really appreciate you taking the time, uh, to be on the podcast and share your, your expertise.
1: Thank you so much. I loved being here with you guys.
0: And Thank you again for listening to another episode of the chaos and cookies podcast. Don't forget to rate and review, share with your friends and uh, check out Anita and her book. Everything will be in the show notes for you and we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the chaos and cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the chaos and cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.